Hello there! This show contains material which a truly free society would neither fear nor suppress. The language and concepts contained herein will not cause eternal torment in the place where the guy with the horns and pointed stick conducts his business. Dude... Yes. It's alive. You know what we haven't done in a while? One of these. This. <laughs> it's been a two weeks, three weeks? Six and a half months. It's been uh, nine the, and a half weeks. The gestation period of a horned fowl. What? I don't know. I'm just making that up. A horned fowl? I don't know. A horned owl? I don't know. Spotted owl. Spotted owl. Let's go cut down some trees and kill them. You know, they deserve a good killing. <laughs> That's actually a defense in the state of Texas. He needed killing. He needed it. Yeah. Uh, are you sure there, uh, son? He needed... Yes, Your Honor. He needed killing. Well, all right, then. Well, he had it coming. I, I hope we haven't offended any of our brethren in the great state of Texas, where everything is bigger. We're not saying that this is a bad thing. We're just saying that, you know, that's a defense. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're planning a killing, go to Texas. They've got uh, loopholes. <laughs> what kind of holes? Loops. Whoops. Generally loops. I'm just banging everything over here. Except what I ought to be. Whoa. Suddenly the show is blue. Putting away the CD that we didn't need because John already had the song on his hard drive. The one that's uh, several feet away. That's right. The local drive. Yeah. What we do on this show is that we keep all of the music in other rooms so that when we need them, they eventually get to us after like several seconds. It's at that point that one of John's children walks a 78 RPM record to us, and we have to transcribe it (laughs) to digital. Well, you know, that's how it is. We're old school. That's right. Old school flavor. We're low tech. That's right. In fact, we're doing lots of low tech stuff these days. All kinds of low tech. And, um, you know, I do have an announcement. I think I mentioned uh, four or five weeks or shows ago that uh, my vile and foul workplace... I mentioned it, and uh, I spoke of it uh, in a a bad light, I think, you know, on a recent show, which, you know, three or four shows ago, or maybe it just seems like that long, but it was only two shows ago. It's just been so long. I think you allude to the fact that that the place was not... uh, Cesspool might have been the word that I used. It wasn't a place that was conducive to um, Good health. (laughs) Yeah, so I am no longer employed. I am what they call in New York State anyway, unemployed. You're between jobs. I am between jobs, um, and I, I, as ironic as it is, I was let go. You you would think a company that makes pr- professional audio products for the professional audio industry would have wanted a person who's actually worked in professional audio to be one of their employees. It doesn't follow. But they, they made it clear uh, fairly recently through actions that they didn't want me there, so I just let it happen, as they say, and uh, it's better than quitting because then, of course, I can... Uh, file for unemployment and all that. But uh, yeah, I am between jobs. If any of you out there uh, are looking to employ someone, you need some audio consulting, you know, some audio mastering done or something, I'll be happy to do that on the side under the table so New York State Department of Labor doesn't find out. They don't listen to this show. That, that, not, not true. Mario Cuomo, huge on this show. <laughs> He's huge, but not on this show. Gigantic, loves us. George no, Pataki no, no. loves us. Oh, you're thinking of Phil Cuomo. <laughs> And Phil, Larry Pataki. Phil Rizzuto, actually, yeah. is, a, is a big fan of this show. 
Now, we've got fans all over the world, but uh, state governments, not so much. So do you think they missed us? I know three or four of them did because I was I was actually contacted by three or four of them. Well, that's our plan. You know, we, we, we take the drug away, wait for the, the DTs to kick in, then we give it back. That's right. That's right. I think that's right anyway. So now it's time for us to end the show because, yeah. you know, I don't want to give too much. Do we have a reason why we... Why we've been away, or should we talk about that in the middle segment? Yeah, we'll talk about that later. But in all in all, you know, we put these shows together, and it takes a lot of energy. And and one of the things that we didn't have was energy. energy. And we had a, we had a lot of stuff going on. And well, we'll talk a little bit about that in the middle segment. I'll just say but, briefly, since it dovetails nicely with my unemployment announcement, is that two weeks ago, when um, I think it would have been when we would have gotten together to record two maybe. weeks ago, uh, I, I I sort of. Felt the axe hanging over my head at work, and uh, it was a Friday, and actually the day before, the Thursday, they had warned me that I was day-to-day, and to which I, I laughed, I scoffed, and I dared them to do it, <laughs> but, um... Scoffed. <laughs> yeah, I fart in your general direction. Your father smells of elderberry and your mother something, I don't know. I, it's like I fart in your... What was that? What were the other things that they said? I, I don't know, but let me finish my okay. story. So that weekend was one of our scheduled weekends to record, and you know I, I wasn't into it. I was a little down. The work thing had been bumming me out. I really wanted to be out of there, but you know all kinds of stuff was going on in my in my mind. And something actually quite funny happened. John had sent me two emails, and I read one of them first, and uh, it was a reply to. My uh, uh, an email I had sent John saying I'm not sure if I want to record this weekend, you know. So John replied, "Well, I I didn't think you would, you know. Um, I wasn't sure if you'd be up for it." And then I replied to that message and said something like, "Why don't we just get together and hang?" Because I think John's wife was and kids were out of town yep, that weekend, yep. so we kind of John had the house to himself, as it were. So Home I alone. I replied, and I he bears a striking resemblance to <laughs> Macaulay Culkin actually, and. Today. And his son looks just like Joe Pesci, but he's bigger than Joe Pesci, actually. About four feet taller than Joe Pesci. So I emailed John back, and I said, yeah, why don't we do the hang? That would be kind of fun. And then I opened up email number two that was in my inbox, and John had said, come to think of it, why don't we just do the hang this weekend? (laughs) So we both had the idea at the same time. I just read the emails out of order. So, yeah, you know, we've had a lot on our minds, and I have had a lot on my mind, and uh, I'll, I'll just say this. I'm thrilled not to be working at that cesspool anymore. I actually wake up in the mornings, and I, I don't have a knot in my stomach, and I don't feel like vomiting, and, I mean, it was such an awful place to work. I mean, I'm not going to name names, but, you know, just awful management, and, and awful management on two levels, both in how they don't know how to deal with people and in how they don't know how to run a business. It's actually amazing that they've gone as far as they have. I don't know, you know, it's just, it's just odd, but you know what? We're moving on. We're moving forward in many areas of our life. This seems to be like these last six months or so have been uh, an amazing time for me in terms of life change and moving forward. And of course, we're supposed to be married now, not, you know, we're supposed to be employed now by a company that I thought I was a good fit at, at which I thought I was a good fit, not to end the sentence in a preposition. You can, you can do that in speech, but you can't do that uh, in in writing. It's it's a no no. Yeah. So you know, there's a there's so a, where are you at? Well, I'm 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 just enjoying to end a sentence in a preposition. I'm I'm enjoying getting a decent night's sleep. I'm actually have some time. I can ride my bike a little bit more this summer and enjoy it. You know, it's funny because every time the Tour de France gets broadcast on uh, Versus, 
the Versus channel, which used to be called OLN, Outdoor Life Network. That was called Vs. It is. It's Vs. Every time that would be broadcast, I wouldn't get to watch it. And I remember wishing out loud last July, geez, I wish I had more time to watch the Tour de France. Ask well, and you shall receive. Ironically, <laughs> that, that wish was granted, and I've been enjoying watching the Tour de France, which is practically over. And I you, normally I do Tour de France reports and haven't been able to do that. But let me just put it this way. Today's the day of the big time trial, which will ultimately decide who's on the podium. It's the second from last stage. And uh, the stage is already over, but I'm going to wait to get home and watch the repeat of it on Versus tonight to see what happens. There was actually an American in contention for the podium. It, bizarre tour, but we'll talk about that on, on the next show when it's all over. You want to... Uh, Jump into a tune? or Yeah, we've got some music here. It's a little yeah, light piece. It's a little light instrumental. Hearted. Yeah. Anyway, check it out. surf punk there what happened to that song you know it had to end you can only go so far with music like that that was a song called benner has no soul and that refers to the guitar player in this band the band is called digger and the guitar player is chris benner and uh, i actually recorded this record and (laughs) they were fooling around in like a sound check if you will you know playing you know surf music you know just having fun with it and i hit play on the tape machine and they didn't know it or record rather and so I recorded this, and then, you know, right about when I thought it was the right time, I just hit stop on the tape machine, and they were still playing. They had no idea I was recording it or anything. And uh, it made the record as a little bonus track at the end. We put lots of reverb on it, made it sound really cheesy. And uh, that's why the song just goes, it just ends suddenly, because I literally hit stop on the analog tape deck. And anyway, we thought uh, we'd play that one. There's a lot of other good tunes on here. We've played... Um, I think we played one other. Quitters Never Win. That's played, right. That's uh, right. From those guys. But there's a lot of fun uh, tunes on here. Living on a Couch, Space Cadet. Yeah, oh boy, now it's all coming back. <laughs> there's one in here called Feces. Was that track number one? Uh, No, that was Pecus. Pieces. Oh. Oh, Pat Pieces. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, go ahead. Well, let me mention this. We're, we're, we're drinking wine. As we sometimes are want to or do. want to do. Yes, or not want to do. It's called uh, Toasted Head Shiraz. It's an 03. And it's pretty good. Yeah. Well, actually, the bottle's chocolate, dead. Chocolate chip cookies. We finished the bottle. There you go. And that, and that is living proof. So this morning, Rich got here a little early. Yes. Normally, he uh, comes in the afternoon because uh, you know, he's afraid of the light. 
But this morning he showed up because well, in... Uh, you know my bizarre skin disease, a little porphyria or whatever it is. Progeria? So he, we, uh, we actually did a little uh, field trip. We took a field trip out to downtown Syracuse. We're having the 2008 Syracuse Arts and Crafts Festival. Do you remember that? That was just this morning. They've had 2008 of these? Yes. It was the 2008th Arts and Crafts Festival. Yeah. It's pretty cool because they have uh, Columbus Circle. It's this, it's this circular area, hence the name Circle. And it's a, a monument to Christopher Columbus is right in the middle. And there's the courthouse across from the cathedral. Lots of really cool architecture downtown. They Classic close, downtown stuff. Yep. They close off the streets. They put up all these uh, booths and... Just local and not so local artisans. Yeah, I saw people from Virginia. Yep, Pennsylvania. These artisans come and they show their wares, and we even got to see someone making his wares. Well, I can talk about that a yeah, little you more. Talk a little bit about some that. relevance to that to me. Yeah, and and the reason why we're doing this is because uh, I could talk a little bit about some of my inspiration lately. Remember way, 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 way back when, if you've been listening to this show for a while now. I wasn't now, sure if you were talking to them or me. No, them, the people out there in TV I, land. I probably don't remember. No. I barely listen. I never pay attention to you. I had a, a little uh, mishap where my entire basement was flooded. I recall that. And, yeah. and That's the, a year... And a half ago, it'll be two years ago. this winter. Won't long, it? long time ago. No, yeah. I think it was a year ago. This was it last winter? It was last winter. So for a year? No, no, I don't think it was. It was two years ago. This winter, it'll be two years. You know, we'll have to take this outside. But anyway, but anyway, had a pipe explode. We had the pipe explode. Oh well, maybe it was too. But it, it took them about a year for. It took me about a year to get everything sort of fixed back here, back in the. Actually, uh, some of the things room. didn't get fixed till two weeks ago. Some of them, that's true. Here, I'll, I'll make a noise with it. Yeah, he's making noises. Yes. Had a little, little switch. switch fixed. So when the entire room and entire uh, downstairs level of my house got flooded... It's kind of a basement, really. Well, it's a, it's, yeah. it's weird because... Finished basement, it, half basement. And thing. John lives kind of on a kind of a hill. Mm-hmm. So the backside of the basement has windows into his backyard because the, the, the land goes down. And mm-hmm. in the front, it's underground. But in the back, it's above ground. Right, so... And that's how two or three summers ago we used to record in the other part of the mm-hmm. cellar and we could hear his neighbor mowing. Mowing man would just incessantly mow whenever we were taping. Right, that was... So in my, in my back room here, it's, essentially it's a, it's a sunken this living really room. really the, the, the back, back room. I'm pointing back there. They can't yeah, see that, that's but I'm the pointing back room there. that has windows to the backyard. Right, so it's like a Even living room a that's, that's half sunken. It goes to the backyard. Uh, but in this room here, it's in the front of the house, front-ish of the house. Yeah, the the room that we used to refer to as Studio A. Right. And and this room is where I had all of the stuff set up for me to be doing stained glass, it was which a, is something that I was getting into. It was and, a studio in more than one way. Yep. And after the flood, I basically the had The Great to, Flood. John built an ark. Right. I had got to take very, all my pieces of very glass. intimate with the cubit. Two by two, all of my pieces <laughs> of glass had to be put away. I took everything. I have a, a giant light table. How many cubits is this room, anyway? I don't know. My forearm is, I think, actually a cubit and a half. Uh, it's actually the forearm. It's the standard it's the, cubit. the forearm of the four men whose <laughs> cubit you have to use, right? Well, that would be me. Yeah. So I'm a unit. So the, the entire room had to be cleaned out. The, the rack of glass had to be cleaned out. The light table had to be cleaned out. Everything had to be moved into a storage room while they were fixing this stuff up. Which took a long time, right? Took a Insurance. long time. The contractors, the freaking slug, all of that stuff. So eventually everything got fixed up again, but it was a lot of energy. But the room is not burnt orange anymore. Remember, this used to be orange. We talked about it. Yeah. Now it's like boring white. It's white. 
So we had to get all this stuff back in these rooms. And I basically lost the drive to be doing any glass work. And, and I... And one of those things, it's really true. Out of sight, out of mind, all of, all of my stuff was packed away. And not too long ago, about a month ago now, I think it's a month now, um, something sort of sparked my interest. I think we were just having a, a conversation about, you know, making stuff. And I was thinking about doing, uh, a, I don't know, a, a D20 at one point. Well, how did, I, that, how did that whole conversation go? It really wasn't a conversation. I think it happened. I don't, you know, I, I subscribe in my newsreader at work on my former computer. I had a newsreader and I was aggregating some content from a bunch of different sites. And John had, you know, two years ago had turned me on to Boing Boing. And since I hate Slashdot now, I've been reading Boing Boing. And I've been, I was getting the news feed from Boing Boing. And there was an article like six weeks ago about Christie's, the big auction house. Oh, in, that's right. That's in New right. York City, how that. they had sold this. Roman glass, you know, about an inch and a half in diameter or something like that. It was a 20-sided die, an icosahedron, which anybody who's played D&D, you know, we, we, we mm-hmm. all uh, have these, these, these polyhedral dice and uh, polysided dice. And um, I, I've, I'm an, in, interested in Roman history, and I'm a former gamer, so this die was really interesting to me. So I emailed John a link to it and something, and he's like, yeah, I saw that or something. And... Um, it sold for nearly eighteen thousand yep. dollars, which yep. is is amazing. But as a person interested in Roman history, you know, I wonder what they use that for—some sort of wagering. Maybe they were going to pick out which gladiator out of twenty to send into the arena. I mean, who knows? You know, it's a random number generator. But I, I'm certain the Romans were not immune to wagering and you know games of chance and parting with their money in, in various ways. So they, they were big D&D heads. The imagination runs. Well, they invented it. I mean, you know. They used to pretend to be cavemen. Yeah, they, yeah, right. I mean, to them, swords and sorcery, they were that. You know, they had that to was go reality. back. That was like too much. Yeah, they, they used to make fun of the druids. No, so we're having these conversations and, and this die pops up and... And I was thinking to myself, I could, I, I really would like to make a three-dimensional object. And I've always thought that it would be cool to make three-dimensional objects, sculptures out of glass. So I said, forget it. I'm just going to break my stuff out. I, I started thinking of how to design this thing. And I actually constructed a 20-sided stained glass object. It's if a, you it's go a, to our website die. and you look at the uh, Flickr photo stream on the mm-hmm. right, there's a little JavaScript you know, applet that's on the right. Um, it cycles through pictures, and you'll see it in there. What I'll Bloody probably do, com. I might just put a post on the blog, too, with a, a picture of it that's embedded in there. But it's a it's a 20-sided die, and it's roughly the size of a baseball, slightly bigger. Fits in your hand nicely, and it's uh, it's cool. And it and that forced me out of my funk. It got me to get all of my glass stuff out, and now that's all I can think about day and night is making stuff out of glass again, which is good. Because just like writers, you know, artists, artisans have mental blocks. They just can't do something. They can't think of an idea. And now the ideas are sort of flowing freely in my head, which is it's, great. It's like fiber for your brain. It is. It, I'm, I'm, I'm a little blocked. Now that, you, now that you mention it. I had a giant bran muffin, <laughs> and now the ideas are flowing freely. The, uh, the fecal plug has been removed. <laughs> the fecal brain plug. <laughs> That's right. And I, I, I so... I, well, the, the, was your the, point of to tell that part um, to describe what we're um, where we're going, or just to disc- no, talk just, about the I'm our creative energies? My creative energy was gone because I had a lot going on at right. work. John's creative energies were zapped 
Um, and he started doing, uh, you know, a lot of this, developing a lot of these stained glass stuff. So we, neither of us had a lot of energy to record the show for the past two weeks. So mm-hmm. I guess that explains, you know, what's been going on as far as that goes. Right. So we, we apologize. Right. And then the, then the next thing, the sort of segue into that is because I've had these uh, glass thoughts going on in my head and, and now thinking of how I could put together some more work, it was cool because it was a little synchronicity there. The Arts and Crafts Festival showed up. And uh, we decided to just check it out. And, and Rich has had some ideas about maybe doing some artisan-type things. And I'll let him talk about that. Well, and also, John has actually been teaching me some of the stained glassery techniques. I actually glassery. wrote a, Yeah. You, didn't you see my post? Glassification. Didn't you see the post on the... I don't read our blog. It's crap. <laughs> did, you, did you read it? No, for real. No, I didn't. Oh, did you read the reason why we didn't record? Oh, I did. The, the giant fire-breathing flying meerkat that attacked Syracuse? But I didn't read that part. I just saw that we didn't record. I thought well, you, I saw you post something. Go, go, go to oh, the... Oh, great. Go you, to the... Talk amongst yourselves. I'm going to go do this. I'll entertain them. John is going to read our bloodyveg.com. The, the brilliant designer of our, our, our uh, blog never reads it, apparently. It's like I said, it's... it's well, did you read the cool stuff thing that I wrote? No. Oh, you should just... I'm serious. I don't read the blog. Yeah, but I thought you get it in one of your news feeds, so when a new article pops I, up, I you get, would see it. I Well, there are two things that I get. I get the stuff in the news feed reminding me that the show posted correctly when we have audio to post, because in the past, we had some issues with that. So I use it merely as a debugging tool. I don't use it as a, an entertainment thing. Well, it's not entertainment. Maybe but... I'll start to read it. I don't know. Well, Let me read this. You talk. I don't know that I uh, read it out loud. Talk about your thing with the thing with the stuff in the in uh, the yeah. clay. Well, actually, I have two things to talk about. For, for as long as I've been hanging out with John again these past three years, I've constantly kind of been I don't know harassing John about um, some ideas that we could you know exploit for lack of a better word. Not uh, children. We're not going to exploit them. No, but business ideas uh, to to move forward in some sort of um, business idea because I, I, I constantly say this to John and I'm sure you've thought it about yourselves as well but there's a lot of people stupider thus than us stupider stu- more stupider most stupidest than us in the world making more money you know with these simple ideas and I've been sort of bugging John to to, um, to uh, kind of do a business venture not a big risky thing where we both quit our jobs of course i'm i'm free now you're free i can't though i can't do it yet yeah no we're, we're not looking for that at this time and um the, this whole stained glass thing sort of um the inspiration for this object um came around recently and, and john's gotten pretty passionate about it and he's devoted all of his spare time to it apparently i would constantly be getting posts telling me he's done this he's done that uh, emails rather well, yeah, because when you're doing stained glass, especially three-dimensional object-type stained glass, you can't just say, well, I'm just going to lay down some design and, and then it's done. There's a lot of pre-planning. There's there's some things Dude, to build. Lay. Yep. There's some things to build before you even do the building. It's so, Tools, dyes, molds. And I had to figure out techniques that I hadn't used before. So, yeah, I was going through all sorts of uh, trials and errors. John's been teaching me some of the stained glassery techniques as well. I mentioned it uh, in, in a post on our, our blog that John never reads. Uh, in fact, I redesigned the blog, and he didn't even know it. It's got a completely new theme. Now it's black on black. <laughs> That's right. And uh, John's, I'm, I'm a, a kind of a good solderer. I've always, you know, been good at, you know, certain hand things. 
And um, John taught me some of the basic techniques of doing stained glass. I mean, I don't pretend to be a great artist or designer, but if you give me a bunch of things to assemble, I can certainly do that without without great difficulty. Now, it's I'm cheaper my, than the, the kids in Malaysia. I, well, a little. <laughs> and, um, now, the other thing I've been he doesn't do the pursue, other stuff that they do, though. No, no, I don't play soccer. And uh, the the for years since I was a child. I've wanted to learn to do pottery, pottery craft. And um, with all the changes that have been going on in my life recently, I figured moving forward now is as good a time as any. So, you know, we have that local art school that I go to see movies at, uh, Munson Williams Proctor Arts Institute, which offers, uh, which is affiliated with Pratt, the, mm-hmm. the, the art design school. And But Munson Williams, even before it was affiliated with Pratt, had always done uh, little art classes, photography, drawing, pottery, um, I don't know, uh, jewelry work, metal craft, and all those kinds of things. And Bird they still houses made of popsicle sticks. Yeah, they still offer those. So uh, this this uh, fall semester, I'm going to take the introductory pottery class, which I've always wanted to do. Which kind of dovetails a little with this little arts art project John and I are working on. So so Rich is going to go into the first day of the class and say, "Dude, I must miss uh, must have misread the uh, description of this class. I'm not making pottery." <laughs> Yeah, and um, what I love about pottery is that the process hasn't changed in thousands of years. Although there's chemicals involved here. Well, yes and no, but I mean, you can take clay, spin it on a wheel, create an object, let it dry, and you bake it. I mean, that hasn't changed in thousands of years. You're getting baked. Maybe (laughs) maybe I read it correctly. Yeah, there's a little baking going on, otherwise known as firing in the kiln. (laughs) <laughs> but anyway, so moving forward, you know, I, 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 this is as good a time as any for me to uh, start pursuing these uh, craft-like, you know, desires that I've had since I was a kid. Whether I'm going to like it, I don't know. But we're going to find out. And, and actually today, when we were at that Syracuse 2008 Arts and Crafts Festival, there were several people who had pottery there, right. some of which I liked and some of which I didn't. But we stumbled across this one guy who was spinning his wheel and... Uh, spinning yarns in front of the people and uh, mesmerizing him with his spinning wheel. And uh, I got to ask him a bunch of questions that I've always wanted to know, you know, just the simplest of questions. And he was very accommodating and very talented and very cool and, um, you know, offered to actually do the teaching. But I informed him I'm, you know, from Utica and we, uh, driving to Syracuse would, wouldn't be that cost efficient for me when I have a school right right there. Right. And, um, but nonetheless, he was very, very helpful. And uh, he made um, a giant vessel of some kind like a he made like three two or three things while we were there yeah, yeah he made a tumbler like a glass he made like a, a giant you know vessel like you would have seen the ancient roman ships carrying oils in and stuff right. like that a giant uh, what did they call those uh vessels yeah they were but i, I thought they had a name yeah yeah one of those things it looked like he made it as a solid piece and it looked like at some point he was going to cut the top off mm-hmm. and and make you know finish the top and it was very cool yeah, he he made it like a, a sealed thing. I don't know. Maybe at some point he is going to. He win. said he wouldn't do it there. He would do it back at his studio. Oh, okay. He would he would separate the top from the bottom at his studio. Maybe it needs to dry more or something. Could and, you be. Know, I don't know. But he was very cool. What was that guy's name? Tim C. Yeah, S E E, which sounds Asian, but he didn't look it at all. No, nope, he's um... ceramic artist, Syracuse, New York. Tim C. Tim C. Clay dot com. And he made some amazing objects that looked like oil cans. I mean, they looked like real oil cans, like like from the Wizard of Oz that they used to to oil the Tin Man. Yep. And John but, and I 
They were ceramic. Yes, but they looked metal. They were glazed and, and fired so that they had like this this metal patina. They look like an ancient metal patina. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> he had a few things uh, built in this style, which is kind of taking over the geek world called steampunk, which we talked about a couple right. shows ago. And he was very surprised to learn that we knew the word. I said to John, look, steampunk oil cans. And he went, oh, you guys know about that? And, you know, we talked about that a little bit. But, yeah, he was very cool and uh, very talented. And uh, we sat there for probably a half hour, probably good half hour watching him. And, um, yeah, it just made me look forward to taking this class, class which starts in uh, September, uh, even more. So, yep. I don't know. John and I have these strange ambitions and ideas. And who knows? Maybe there, there there's some... Uh, income generating potential in there could be could be and and, and the that's thing not that, positive enough and the thing that that i'm seeing and i every time i go to one of these shows or every time i look online and i and i do searches for i i really want to see someone doing something exciting in stained glass new something new never and exciting. before seen i don't know if it has to be never before seen but i want to see something that is you know pushing the limits using the medium in a different way and every single time i look all i find are people doing you know, decorative sun catcher type garden art, you know, little panel with a flower, a little Celtic knot, same thing over and over and over and over again. And, you know, those things are, are really played out and the medium is so beautiful that I want to see something new done. And I'm saying, you know well, what? You've never I'm going to do it. You've, I'm going to do it. You've never it. seen a tugboat. I haven't seen a tugboat until and the time until, you piece those things together. I randomly put something together and it looked like a tugboat. That Tug- was the, the first time I had... I had put the foil tape on the ends and soldered stained glass together. He made a tugboat. He's proud of his boat. Maybe we'll put a picture of that online. <laughs> I can see it back there. Well, John ruined it. <laughs> yeah, I used it for experimenting. Yeah, he used with, it as a uh, guinea pig. Patina mixtures. But anyways, I'm just looking at the stuff. And, and again, even when I'm seeing Jerk. people that, not, that are not doing things that I want to see, it's inspiring and motivating me to move and because I think, you know, Someone's got to do it, and if I'm not doing it, someone else is eventually going to do it, so I've got to do it now. And Rich is is in a a similar situation, maybe not in detail, but he's in a similar situation where he's got the opportunity, he's got the time, he's going to do it. And I think that we're going to put something together. We got the tools, we got the talent. What movie? Uh, I don't know. Ghostbusters. There's a spider crawling above your head there. Really? Yeah. It's like floating. Oh, yeah. Are we going to jump into another track? Yeah. Well, actually... Uh, I guess to, to I don't finish, know what part of this you're going to edit out or if you're going to edit out at all. If we we're talking about the spiders. And I'm going to keep that in there. Okay. I'm going to keep all that in there. I might edit out where I said the F word, though. Okay. Um, but it, so anyway, John and I are, are sort of moving forward with a, a loose business plan right now. And the really funny thing is someone has approached us about licensing something. Yeah. How odd. It had been in the public domain, if you will, for about 24 hours. And someone came to us and and is interested in pursuing some sort of business relationship, which may actually ultimately require a contract lawyer on our part to to resolve. Yeah, I'm, I'm of the mind right now that it, there's nothing there until there's something there. So I'm, I'm not taking anything seriously. When was the last seriously? time someone made that kind of offer to you, though, you know, well, about the, your art? There really isn't an offer. But the thing is, what I'm seeing is it's really cool. When that, was the last time somebody even said those words, like... We want to license something. Well, what's really cool never is, happened to me is that I'm I'm seeing that I'm following something that I was passionate about. I I did something, and did some work, something and something's good coming, is coming out, of out, of it. out of it. Now, even if this doesn't, and that's the secret to the secret. And if and if even something 
doesn't come of this, if the no business relationship comes of this, it just makes me realize no, that a, I just a, keep pushing forward. A and keep business doing relationship more is going to get formed out of this. Absolutely, I'm know. certain of it. You're so negative. I'm not negative. I'm non-committal. You're a negative Nelly. Well, yeah. You know what you are? <laughs> no. You're a big fat jerk. All right, there, Mister. P- All right, there, Mister Potato Head. Let's All right, uh, let's play some let's more play, music. Uh, another track here. Check it out. should let you go your way that would be most mature of me but i've thought for oh so long and had the best idea that you and i would get along if you would let me be your pet i'd be the kind to follow everywhere you'd run your fingers through my hair Hold me close when you've had a fright Let me in your bed when it's cold at night You'd rub me real nice behind my ears And sing me songs after you've had a couple beers Give me treats when I've done something right And let me in your bed when it's cold at night Yes, and if my offer smacks of servitude I only need remind you True love's course has yet to run real smooth Now if you will let me near you all the night and day Well, you would on your own see I do plenty more than sit and stay I'd be the kind to follow Let me in your bed if you let me in your bed when it's cold. 
quirky little song for all the it's all quirkified pet lovers out there yeah that's that's about uh pets i think maybe not it's actually called pet yep it's pet it's by emma wallace emma wallace and uh for those who remember the early commodore computers pet stood for personal electronic transactor was that what the t stood for yes <laughs> transactor transactor I used to do some programming on the pet computer when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. I, I still want to find an old 4K pet with a little chiclet keyboard, the tiny little You squares. mean with the monitor built into the mm-hmm. monolithic yeah, the, unit? The CBM 2001, I think, was the model. And it had the tape deck built into the front. <laughs> Absolutely. 4K, RAM. Then we got the 16Ks, and then I went to a computer programming contest with my partner, Vic. And uh, we, we were treated no, but that was the prize, actually, ah. for your school if you won first place. Your... your uh, your school got a VIC-20. Your and, school got the VIC-20. Yeah, you and didn't you get got, like, a couple of Texas Instruments calculators and, like, a gift certificate. Pat on the to, back. Like, Radio Shack for a dollar or something. Go buy but yourself something nice. When we went to, yeah, when we went to the contest, we were treated to the upgraded pets, which had the bigger monitor, a real keyboard, and 32K of RAM. And I swear to you, we all used to say, you'll never need more than 32K well, RAM. Well, Bill Gates is, is famously uh, noted for saying you'll never need more than 640K. Yes. Maker uh, of the monolithic, bloated Vista bomb. We love it. Mm-hmm. On fire. <laughs> We're on fire for Vista? No, we love it when it's on fire. I saw a couple of films. I'm going to just talk about them very briefly since uh, this is our first show back in a year and it's already 89 minutes. You remember how I said I hated the Rolling Stones movie and I didn't enjoy any of the yes. music in it? Well, the, the film that I saw that I did enjoy that was about music was something I saw a couple of weeks ago called Young at Heart and noticed that the, the at is the at ah. symbol. And uh, this is a, a film directed by Stephen Walker. It's a 2008 film, U.S. film, PG-13, 107 minutes. And what a charming, sweet little ditty this was. It's by Christopher Walken, you said? Uh, Stephen Walker. Oh, and it's about this 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 guy whose name uh, I'll have to look up. But he has a choir, if you will, for elderly people, kind of retired age people, like age 60 and up. And he has them go around performing at normal venues, prisons, you know, a little Johnny Cash normal kind of Normal venue. <laughs> you know. You <laughs> they can, sing about being a boy locked up Sue. in San Quentin. Yeah. And, no, but here's the great thing. All of these people who routinely listen to the opera, they, they end up singing songs like Should I Stay or Should I Go by The Clash and uh, Schizophrenia by The Sonic Youth. So it's a punk choir. Well, it is, but it's just funny to have these very, very old people, you know, uh, there's a sentence in this review that I found really funny. Um, You haven't heard, uh, you haven't heard them done properly until you've heard them read, read painstakingly aloud by an octogenarian with a magnifying glass. (laughs) Because a lot of them had trouble remembering the words, and they actually had to read them. <laughs> and they have a real live band accompanying them, and sometimes they change the arrangements. But it's just all of these old people, some of whom can really sing, some of whom can't sing so well, but are just wonderful personalities. And they tour, you know, singing these songs. And it's it's the Young at Heart Choir. You could probably they probably have a web page. I've never actually looked. But it was remarkably charming, and I enjoyed this film way more than I enjoyed that Rolling Stones film. And, you know, all I can say is that getting old sucks, because during the filming of this film, two of the members of the choir died, and then by the time it was out for release, a third had died, so they mentioned in the credits. They put a little, you know, tribute to that person in the credits. And it, it was just charming as all hell. 
you know, seeing these old people, you know, they were literally singing at like a county jail and the prisoners loved it. They, a lot of them said it was the best show they'd ever seen. They were all these big prisoners with these big prison tattoos were giving all these guys <laughs> hugs and kisses and thanking them for their, their great performance. Yeah, just a very charming and uh, a heartwarming film. And, uh, you know, anybody who loves music and, and um, you know, uh, old people who are pistols, <laughs> I think, will enjoy this because there are some really funny, funny people in this choir, you know. Just well, great, that's the one thing that, of humor. That, that you you learn when you hang around with some old people is that they've lived a very long time. I enjoy obviously. it. I enjoy it. But not only have they lived a long time, they've had a lot of experiences that they're just holding inside that they don't let out you know there i you know i went out after one of the munson films about two months ago to our normal our normal haunt Mm -hmm. and we had run into some people we hadn't seen at the movies actually in the theater and invited them to go out for a drink with us and she said do you mind if i bring my friend and i'm having trouble remembering his name do you mind if i bring my friend ed and he was this 89 year old guy sharp as a tack He's out drinking wine with us, putting him, just slamming him back, having a good time. And I was just like, so, Ed, where were you born? You know, and he's like, uh, well, you know, that would have been uh, 1912. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was born in, uh, you know, whatever, New York. And in, uh, in the pre-World War II years, I was in high school. But he just had this amazing story about he worked at some of the aircraft plants. Wow. And during World War II, uh, building, you know, B-24s and P-51s and all of these things. Um, I don't remember why it was he couldn't be in the military or maybe he had already been in and out by then, but you know, he was, he was, but he's had these amazing stories and they're so rich and they, they have so much to tell us, you know, it's really, uh, it's really quite a pleasure actually. You know, not, I, I enjoy that. But not the Rolling Stones. They're old and they're just not interesting. I find them completely interesting. And then just very briefly, since we're running kind of long, the film I saw last night was uh, a great, wonderful indie film directed by Helen Hunt of, um... Paul Reiser mad TV about you. show fame. Yeah, Mad About You. And uh, what was that film she was in? As Good As It Gets, I think, is yep. perhaps what she's best known for cinematically. Um, and uh, she directed and starred in this film uh, called Then She Found Me, uh, a 2008 film directed by her, Helen Hunt, uh, 100 Minutes, rated R. And this film is... Actually, I have a friend who was adopted. So this film kind of spoke to me a little bit because I have a friend who was adopted and she always felt like she was the the um, the black sheep, you know. Hmm. Never quite accepted into the family as the, the genetically um, uh, related child was right. her brother. And uh, this film, Helen Hunt plays a woman who was adopted into this Jewish family, so she becomes Jewish and you know celebrates the Jewish faith. And at, uh, she is married to great cast, Matthew Broderick. She's married to Matthew Broderick. Um, who else was in this? Uh, who was the British guy we were talking about? Colin Firth. Don Rickles. Don Rickles was not in this. Bette Midler uh, was in this. John, not a fan, but uh, she's perfect for the role that she played. And at, uh, briefly into the film, uh, Helen Hunt's mother dies. Her father had already passed, and her mother dies. And then it is revealed to her that her actual natural mother wants to meet her like a lawyer approaches oh. her and says are you blah 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 well your mother wants me and that's the woman played by bat midler and she's great so now she begins this new phase of her life where both of her adopted parents are gone and now she has this opportunity to start a relationship and get to know her actual birth mother a little better and then there's all sorts of dynamics where uh, her husband is played by uh, Matthew Broderick, and he's an immature guy who, you know, a week after he's married, decides he doesn't want that life anymore. Hmm. So he kind of leaves her, and then she meets um, 
Colin Firth, right? Is that the guy or is it Colin Farrell? I get those guys Colin mixed Firth. up. Colin Firth. Colin Firth, yeah. Wonderful actor. Has a great role in this film. And it's all about this new beginning that she has in meeting a new prospective boyfriend, meeting her natural birth mother, and kind of uh, fostering these relationships with them. And there's just a lot of wonderful, sweet moments in this. And I would really recommend that. I thought it was great. And again, I have a friend who was adopted. And I'm not sure if I'm going to recommend this to her. This might be uh, this might be a little bit much for her. Close to but, home. Yeah, it might be a little too close to home for her. But I'm going to tell her about it, and then she can make that choice. But, yeah, then she found me. Uh, very good. Some great performances. And um, not a huge Helen Hunt fan. I don't think she's that dynamic. You know, she was kind of the same person she was in the TV show. The one thing that I, I didn't like about her performance, I, I mean, I liked a lot of her performances, you know, as far as she can take it. But she never smiled in the film. And I don't know if that was on purpose. You know, she was in a bad place in her life. But she's got a great smile, and we got to see it in As Good As It Gets. And, you know, I just would have liked to have seen her be a little more happy in the role, but that just may have been the way she chose to direct herself. I don't know. But then she found me. Good stuff. Anyway. Well, I never never planned on even talking about this, but I'll just take two seconds. This sort of reminded me of a film that I saw in our little break. And and it was um, we were on a break. It was similar in in kind of subject matter. It wasn't about an adoption thing, but it was actually a uh, documentary called Shot in the Dark, and it was about this person, the, the person who directed it and, and filmed it. He's a real actor. He's actually now the star of that Entourage series on HBO. I don't watch the show because I just don't anyways the this actor he shot this documentary before he became famous in this entourage show and it was about him trying to then get back in touch with the father that sort of split from his mother when he was just a little kid when he was like two and sort of start a new relationship with him because throughout his entire life he never knew this person he didn't know the story of how the, the mother and father really split up you know any of the details of it if this person even cared about him and then it was great it was like this huge reconciliation and now he's like this really good friend of his biological father and it's and it's like starting all over again so it sounded very very similar to this story well i'll have to check that out but i, I definitely recommend um, both of these films i thought they were great and i've seen a, a couple of great french films you know john and i were talking about our love of french cinema mm-hmm. and uh, what was that amelie yeah amelie, amelie poulain of the um windmills <laughs> well anyway the, the french the are Mulan, just obsessed with Mulan. windmills i don't quite know why but uh yeah and then what did i see i saw roman de guerre which was a wonderful french film three weeks ago at munson and i actually saw this really great film um about french movie making during the vichy period during the german occupation because they the germans like to pretend that things were normal so the tour right. de france they kept that going and they funded olympics that kind of stuff yeah they funded French movie making to make the French people believe everything was, you know, normal and whatnot. And it was uh, a movie. It was movie. only German, though. No, it was a movie about how these people just had to make sacrifices, you know, to keep themselves alive, you know, and, and work for the Germans sometimes. And sometimes they were seen as collaborators <laughs> and not. Really good film. I forgot what it was called, but maybe we can talk about that next time. Anyway, I think that's a show. Hey, hey! On time. Music comes in on time. Cue music on time. Bam! That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm not going to bore you with the details, but we have something fixed that wasn't before. Well, it wasn't really broken. It was just (laughs) not optimized. Yeah. Now it's most optimal. Yeah. So our show is now ending. Pessimal. On time. Yeah. My name is Rich Wilgus. I'm John Tallarico. You've been listening to us, the Bloodthirsty Vegetarians. 
the bloodthirsty vegetarian? Throw well, it in there. Just throwing in an article. Anyway, definite article at that. Check out our blog, which I am, you know, lacking in. www.bloodyveg.com. Uh, go to the forum, which we could use some uh, some uh, Stay away. feedback on, and that's uh, bloodyveg.com slash forum. But actually do send us feedback. If you like something, hate something, don't care about something, feedback at bloodyveg.com. And remember, you're listening to the VIB. 